And so the addiction to comfort is the curse on our culture. Ah, uh, yes. I must not be uncomfortable. Therefore, I will not love. I will not bear the burdens. I will not support. I will not encourage. I will not go the extra mile because I might get uncomfortable. Lo and behold, God doesn't want me to be uncomfortable. Right. Welcome to the Developing Great Relationships podcast, where we are having conversations to help you understand God's design for great relationships and how to develop the habits needed to achieve it. Now, here is your host, Joshua Verwers. Hey, y'all, welcome back. Joshua Verwers once again for the Developing Great Relationships podcast. And I just want to thank you so much for being here with us today. In today's episode, we're talking about sin. We're talking about how sin affects our lives and really keeps us in a form of bondage. We've all done it, we all face it, and it's something that we all have to deal with. So in this conversation, Dr. Mark Majors and I are sitting down and tackling the topic of sin, and hopefully, prayerfully, we're giving you some ways out of that sin, out of that bondage. All right, back again. What I believe is the biggest bondage, the form of bondage that we have is the bondage of sin. I don't want to wait one second on this. Let's jump right in. We know Romans, what is it? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So we know that you and I and everybody that's listening, we have all sinned against God at some point, um, some more than others, but it doesn't matter how much or how often, all sin is punishable by separation from God. It's that death. And if we don't repent of those sins and we don't ask forgiveness of those sins, that unbelief is going to send us to hell. How is it that we keep ourselves in this sinful behavior and really are putting ourselves in hell on earth? What does that look like? What are we doing? Well, um, let's get down to the very bottom of it all. We choose to sin because it does something for us. It makes us feel a certain way. It involves the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. Mm -hmm. The three original sins presented to Eve are right there right, at every time. So let's talk about something very common today, substance abuse. Okay. Opioids. Opioids mimic endorphins and enkephalons, naturally occurring hormones and neurotransmitters in the human body. Yeah. And so people take these drugs, whether prescribed by medical professionals or bought illicitly, and they feel a certain way and they don't feel certain things. Well, starting with endorphins and encephalons is important because there are behaviors that are sin that release endorphins and encephalons. Mm-hmm that don't even involve drug abuse, but they do. The abuse of a behavior that releases endorphins and enkephalons, the person longs for, they want them. They become in bondage to this abusive behavior. Yeah. Bondage to this drug, this 
prescribed medication. They are in bondage to this feeling more than anything. Right. I want to not feel bad, but I only want to feel good. Therefore, I do these sinful behaviors, and all the sexual sin involves this. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is horrible, horrible bondage. The person gets in that prison, they must have this. They become addicted to the behavior or the drug. They, they have to do it. That's what they tell themselves. They lie, another sin. Mm -hmm. They cheat, they steal, they connive to be able to do the sin and keep the drugs flowing. Right. So this is part of so many of the things that occur. Norepinephrine and dopamine are stimulated by methamphetamine and cocaine. Also, the exhilaration of certain behaviors, very exciting behaviors, which are negative. Actually, the pathological murdering of another individual and the lust of blood involve dopamine wow. and epinephrine. The excitement and exhilaration of the skydiver falling to their death and pulling the ripcord at the last moment as norepinephrine and dopamine. So cocaine and methamphetamines are just a artificial form that places the person in bondage. For the sins, the many sins of people doing different things that cause that. And, and what we're touching on here is addictive behavior, really. Um, not so much like the, the one-off experiences, because I'm sure some of that same chemical reaction would happen, um, you know, like an amusement park or something like that, or even something that you weren't planning on, you know, having to swerve to avoid something on the road could cause some of that inside us. Normal. But we're talking about the abnormal use of this. We're talking yes. when this becomes an addictive behavior to the point where we're denying what God has told us to do, and that's to be sober-minded. That's right. The reason I bring up the neurochemical and the addictive component is because something very powerful happens. Sin abounds in the individual that tries to avoid things that make them uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Can you give me a witness? Oh, witnessing. Uh, there you go. Ah, I don't know how to do that. Right. You mean I have to go walk up to a stranger? Loving people. What? Dying on the cross. Taking it up daily. Are you telling me that I have to go hug that person that was rude to me the other day? Are, are you telling me that I don't get to be selfish and I actually have to serve my spouse? Yeah. Well, I've never. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's it's interesting because there's oftentimes we just think about, uh, like I would refer to it, the sin of commission, the sins that you are actively doing, but there's also sin that is omission, not doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's get into that deeper. Let's say... You're a pastor. Mm -hmm. I won't be picking on you. Feel free to pick away. <laughs> I will repent later. <laughs> and 
at the end of your sermon, you're pretty tired and you really don't want to stand around and fellowship. That's kind of a normal experience. Yeah. And, you know, that fellowshipping and that interaction, and you have to deal with people waiting for you because they want to pour out their heart the things in their life, and that's emotionally painful. Yeah. It is the cross. It is. So cortisol and adrenaline come into the life strongly when the person is not acting in the spirit. Mm-hmm. In the flesh, we have these painful things happen. This isn't a rebuke of pastors, but it is a truth that when you're operating in the spirit, you don't have the liabilities as operating in the flesh. Right. It is true with all people. <clears throat> if they need to love on somebody, encourage somebody, and talk to them, and they're going to pour out this painful stuff, and you will have a secondary wound, the secondary wound of the cross. You will avoid that because you think, I have a right to avoid my discomfort. Right. And so the addiction to comfort is the curse on our culture. Ah, uh, yes. I must not be uncomfortable. Therefore, I will not love. I will not bear the burdens. I will not support. I will not encourage. I will not go the extra mile because I might get uncomfortable. And lo and behold, God doesn't want me to be uncomfortable. Right. Right. And and, and that's it's a powerful thing because we've all been there at some point. We've, we've all done this where we feed our comfort level. And that's not what God intended. Jesus says himself in, in what is it, John 14, John 16 maybe, where he talks about, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send a helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. If we were meant to be comfortable, we would not need a comforter. Yeah, and I can testify to you that I've at times vacillated before going up to somebody knowing through the Spirit, by the look on their face, this person has just been through it, mm-hmm. and they need to talk. And I say to myself, self, this is going to be tough. Yeah. Self, at dinner time, flesh pulling on my mind. Oh, yeah. Spirit pulling on my mind, which will I obey? I, I hear you. I, I've done it more often than I would ever like to admit, where I will be at home and I'll be with the family, and this could be Sunday afternoon, and all of a sudden I get a text message from that person, and my eyes roll, and I sigh, and I stare at the phone, not wanting to respond because I know what's going to come after, me being uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. What do we do? Do we obey God or obey ourself? And that's that's this struggle that so many of us fall into. Because if we start to feed the flesh, we just repeat this vicious cycle, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Yeah. Let's talk about something that changes it all. Obeying the living God and staying in fellowship. Yeah. And pastors are 
and I'm speaking to them out there, oftentimes isolating themselves and bearing these burdens alone. Right. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. They must stay in fellowship. They must be encouraged. I need to be able to talk to somebody and get love and support about the pain I experience from sitting down with somebody who has just told me of some horrible, abusive, violent situation that's occurring and be able to deal with it. Because I walk out of there, I have been assaulted by their testimony to me. Right. And so that type of pain, I cannot endure without the spirit and the word, the comfort of God, and the fellowship of believers. We are commanded to do that. And if we fail, we have sinned. Yeah. To think that we can do it alone is prideful sin and <laughs> arrogance. Yep. And I'll, I'll even play on that. And I won't, I won't presume to say that this is how other pastors felt. I'll just show my experience as a pastor, and this is what I experienced. I isolated myself for so long, not wanting to share any of that burden that I had. And it was because I perceived if I shared that, somebody would think less of me. Mm -hmm. And that was a perception that was not based in reality. It was based in a possibility. I had never experienced rejection from another pastor on that level, so I had nothing to base it on. And even if I had, I wouldn't be going back to that same pastor. I would go to a different one. And to think that the next one would do what the first one did is not fair to that second. Yeah. I finally had to just get over myself, my pride, my arrogance that I can handle this on my own and realize, no, I need help. I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to help bear one another's burdens. Amen. And the one who rejects you either is so, so filled with pain, they can't handle it, Yep. And so they really need love or is so poorly educated to think that they wall off these things and do not deal with them. Right. And many of them think this is for the professional. When we're talking about <clears throat> sending somebody to secular things, secular people for secular cures, which are not right, right and healthy. So <clears throat> sin... It's very sneaky yeah. in that we would like to gloss over the sins in our life. Yep. We would like to particular deny the fleshly sins of the addictions, the fleshly sins of omission that keep us comfortable. Yeah. You know, I have a right to this. I have a right to that. <laughs> uh, you say that, and I want to I want to take a moment to share a story. This is a story that, once again, you were involved on in a very brief but profound capacity. Um, we talk about the I have a right. <clears throat> My flesh, the natural me, uh, had been diagnosed by you as a paranoid narcissist. And I think I quickly told you if the diagnosis fits. So I had this 
pride. It was really based in pride for me because I thought I was the most important thing and that everybody was coming out to get me. And I remember this moment where my wife had been very secretive. I knew she was hiding something from me and my paranoia was just running. And I kept asking questions and she kept being very vague and I wasn't sure what was going on. And I finally asked her, what is going on? What was that phone call about? Because I caught her whispering on the phone. Now my mind is running to worst case scenarios. And she said, I, I can't tell you. I just, I, I can't. And I got mad and I slammed the door shut and I hopped in the car and I took off and it's like, I'm going to church. I need to get out of here. And I got about five miles outside of town and something inside me said, I need to call Dr. Mark. And so I call up Dr. Mark and, and you said, brother, what can I help you with? And I start rattling off this whole list and you cut me off. And he said, Josh, I need you to hold on just a second. I have to ask you one question. Are you obeying God? And that's all I needed. And I said, thank you very much for the phone call. And I turned the car around and I went home and I walked in and I found my wife crying and I walked up and I gave her a hug and I apologized because I was not loving her. I was not laying myself down. I was not denying myself. I was not bearing my cross. And what made it even worse is she finally told me what was going on. She was booking a surprise for our anniversary, a couple's day spa. And I caught her making the booking and I went to the worst case scenario. I felt horrible, but it was this, this perceived, I have a right to know all of this. And it was just arrogant. It, it was, was, it was prideful. It was also the stain on your brain from previous experience. Yeah. And which, which will come back and haunt us at the most inopportune time. <laughs> yep. And it led me into keeping myself putting myself back in a prison cell of sin mm -hmm. because I was sinning. I, you had asked, are you obeying Christ? No, I was disobeying Christ. We've talked about this where Colossians tells us husbands don't be harsh with your wives. Well, I had been harsh. Ephesians tells us to love our wives. Peter tells us to honor our wives. I was doing none of it in that moment. I was just disobedient and that sin was just holding me back and it was really destroying. It had the potential to completely destroy that relationship. And all we talked about this morning in these last few blogs of the rejection, abuse, and grief and loss, the sin, is the same thing. The Spirit of God, the Word of God, the love of the Father. And I just said, Son, Spirit, Father. Yeah. They're all there. Is waiting for us to come to them. And we keep ourselves in the prisons that we have made. The prison of sin, this pain and suffering yeah. from our experiences. All we have to do is open the door and walk to them and find the peace that passes understanding that will keep our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Yeah. 
we need to recognize these truths of the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. We need to recognize the constant war between our flesh that works in all kinds of insidious ways right. and the Spirit of God to find that true peace. Sin is death. Mm -hmm. And we choose sin. Yes, as children we choose sin, but we're not really responsible right. until we're older. Yeah, It's very important. But we choose to sin, the prison. Right. And we choose to stay in the prison frequently after the sin has been committed to us. Sometimes we don't realize it and staying in the body of believers and having others tell us that and pointing out and saying, brother, I'm afraid for you because I think that you're sinning. Right. People don't do that anymore because they're afraid of judging somebody and we are commanded to judge those in the church. Not with the issue that we're struggling with, but right. at times we need to be able to say, I think you're sinning. I think you're addicted. I think you're drinking. It's where the righteous judgment comes in, and the only way for that to happen is we can't be guilty of the, the same sin. If, if we are, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. I, I find freedom in a couple different passages. One, where the Apostle Paul, he talks about sin. He says, that which I will to do, I don't do. That which I will not to do, I keep doing. Oh, oh wretched man that I am. He, it's an acknowledgement of the sin. But then he continues on and he said, you know, what do I do? Do I keep sinning because of grace? Of course not. And I think Jesus's words are so important because what he would tell us to do is what he told people to do. Go and sin no more. It's important for us to, to do that. And I think you've touched on this in the previous couple episodes. The best way for us to stop doing that is what 2 Corinthians tells us to do. That we should cast down every thought, every imagination, every lofty idea that exalts itself against God. And we need to take captive those thoughts by obeying Christ. What I think we need to do, especially when it comes to the sin, is the advice you've given me, the advice that I give people all the time, obey Christ. Do what he said to do. And when it comes to us and our relationships, one of the biggest things he told us to do in relationships is to serve one another. Don't seek after your own desires, but serve the other. Obey God and act in faith. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been amazing. I thank you so much for this one. That's going to wrap us up on this, and we will catch them in the next episode. Thank you. All right, so I hope that episode was really insightful for you, and I hope that you can find some help in that. 
I realize we're talking about some very difficult things, especially when we're talking about bondage. And so we want to make a couple resources available. The first one that you'll find is actually it's a PDF download of what we call the bondage checklist. And it's a way for you to really take inventory on those things that do keep us in bondage. So you're able to identify them and then find victory out of them. The second resource is actually some other help and some other organizations. The reason I would want to provide that is because some of these bondages we have, they need a lot more help and a lot more addressing of these situations than what we can do here in this short 30 minute podcast. So because of that, if you'll check the description below, you'll see a couple links to some resources where you can find extra help to really find freedom from those things of bondage. Now that's all we have for you. I just want to thank you all so much. If you want more information about us, you can check us out at dgrpella.org. And until next time, we will see you there.